This week on Mindful Headlines, the war in Ukraine. It's hard emotionally, mentally, spiritually, it's very hard. I talked to Valery Goloborodko. He's not only from Ukraine with family still there, he's also honorary consul to Ukraine in Western Washington. Here in United States, in Washington State, we try to do our best as well. We, we look for, for opportunities to stand together and to support uh, people of Ukraine in their fights. They're very courageous, very courageous and very sacrificial. We talk about the Russian invasion of Ukraine, a crisis getting deadlier by the day. Already, there have been nearly 500 civilian casualties, nearly 1,000 people hurt. And meanwhile, more than 2 million have fled Ukraine. About half of those refugees are children. We know there will be more, more refugees and more deaths because there seems to be no end in sight for this conflict. Valeria and I recorded our conversation on Tuesday, March 8th, and already things have changed since then. Some positive and some negative developments. You'll hear him ask for major companies like McDonald's and Starbucks to stop doing business in Russia. I can now report both companies are part of a growing list to do so. We also discussed the airstrikes against civilians. And since our recording, a maternity and children's hospital was bombed in Mariupol. There are also new fears Russia could potentially be preparing to use chemical or biological weapons in Ukraine. Here's our conversation and ways you can help. Valeri, thanks for being a part of the podcast. Yeah, thank you for for inviting me and for giving me an opportunity to share about what's happening in Ukraine. Let me first begin by asking how you're doing and how your loved ones are doing. I like to be on optimistic side and I would like to say that I'm doing good, but it's hard to say that I'm doing good. At the same time, um, we have food on our table. Our kids are at school. Sky about us is peaceful. We have water, we have warmth at our houses. And as there is no direct threat that somebody will be shooting at us. So it's blessings that we have here in United States, but my heart has no peace. And I'm thinking about people that are in Ukraine and I'm thinking about people that are being shot at. Um, I'm thinking about people that live in apartment buildings and rockets flying targeting their apartment buildings. Children that, are, that were at children uh, at kindergarten and they were bombed. Yesterday, when my daughter fell asleep on the couch at our living room, and I was uh, taking her to her bedroom, I was thinking about what's going on in minds of parents in Ukraine, how hard it must be, how difficult, how, I don't, I don't even have words. I don't, I can't even start understanding what's going on in their minds when their little children have to be taken to bomb shells, to have to be taken underground shelters just because there are bomb um, attacks in cities, in cities where civilians live. So it's hard to say that um, my answer is everything will be better when I'm being asked how is everything and how I'm doing, uh, I say everything will be better. 
And how much contact do you have with anyone in Ukraine right now or anyone that's fled the country? I uh, talk to, uh, of course, I talk to my colleagues, to my friends, uh, to, my, to my classmates, to my family that is in Ukraine. I uh, try to call at least a few of them every day. I can't call all of them um, at the same time, but at least uh, one or two of them every day to ask how they are doing, how are their families and what else we can do here from United States to help them and to show that we are standing with them. Uh, so for pretty much every day and uh, sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the evening. And the people you're in contact with, are they remaining in Ukraine right now or are they heading to the border or have they evacuated? So most of my family is in Ukraine right now, those who, who remained in Ukraine. Uh, my parents, they live here in the United States, but my grandmother, she's almost 90 years old, my uncles and aunts, my cousins, they are in Ukraine. They are not uh, planning to leave Ukraine. They say that's our land, that's our home. We have nowhere to go. We're going to stay here. A uh, few days ago, I, I spoke to my aunt and I asked, uh, what, what, what else can we do? How else can we pray for you? I'm not asking how are you doing because I know how, how you're doing. And I, I, I try to understand how you're doing. It's hard living in United States, even, even to start feeling pain that they're going through. Uh, but um, what else can we do? And and she said, and, and she started telling me what, what them as family are doing. Um, they had business and they were um, uh, manufacturing food products. They say we had those food products in our warehouses. We are delivering them to people, giving them out for free. And that's my sons are doing and my husband is doing and I'm doing taxes. And I'm like, what is going and you're doing taxes? And she says, yes, because we have, we have to make sure that our army is funded. Uh, we um, have to take care of this as well. So it's, it's very hard. And I see that everybody is trying to do whatever they can do to help Ukrainian army to help people that are fighting for them, for children, for older, for freedom, for values. And uh, here in United States, in Washington state, we try to do our best as well. We, we see, um, we, we look for, for opportunities to stand together and to support uh, people of Ukraine in their fights. They're very courageous, very courageous and very sacrificial. Yeah, I want to ask you a little bit more about the war itself um, later in the podcast, but since we're talking about it, and I think the most important question for people listening in Western Washington is how can we help? What can we do? And we've seen the protests, we've seen the rallies, um, 
Seattle's Mayor Bruce Harrell just yesterday announcing an executive order saying we will help refugees when they come to the Seattle area. We will help them emotionally. We will help them with finances, et cetera. But what can we do right now as the war is very much in the middle of it? It doesn't seem like things are going to be ending anytime soon. So uh, today, uh, President Biden announced ban on Russian oil. That's very important and and good move. Uh, we appreciate that. And every dollar spent for products made in Russia, portion of the dollar goes to buy bullets to kill people, innocent people in Ukraine and around the world. So first of all, we need to start to stop buying products made in Russia. I know that there, are, uh, there, there is a growing list and, 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 this, uh, and, and companies are being added to this list of those companies who are responsible and who are doing their part in helping Ukraine in our fight against Kremlin regime. They are... Um, they stop their operation in in Russia. Uh, they uh, we see how uh, uh, Washington State uh, governor announced that we're gonna get rid of all the in investments in their funds and uh, of their stocks. That's that's good moves, and and we need to keep doing that. But there are there are corporations that are still doing business in Russia and. Uh, uh, I would like uh, to name few of them, like McDonald's and, and Starbucks. We want to see those corporations to stand for freedom, to stand for democracy, to stand for values in action, to stand for values that they declare and they preach. Uh, we as citizens of United States, we are doing rallies and that's wonderful to bring awareness. But on those rallies, we have requests, we have demands, we have asks, and some of them are like close sky above Ukraine. We want United States to close sky above Ukraine. We are talking about rockets that are flying and that are targeting apartment buildings. And we need United States to step up and to start shooting those rockets down. It's, this is to protect civilians that live in Ukraine. We saw in news how people were trying just to escape war zone and they were given a corridor to, to escape encircled cities. And then Russian army are shooting those civilians. So when I was talking to, to my friends in Ukraine and I asked them, do you have a way to escape? I, I spoke to somebody in one city that was encircled and, and I asked him, do you have a way to escape your family, your, your, your children? And she said, we, we're told that there is corridor, but we understand that this corridor means come out, we're gonna shoot you. So we are not gonna go anywhere. We appreciate everything United States is doing. Every United States is doing much more that, than was done in 2014. 
and uh, as as Ukrainian community of Washington State, as uh, uh, Ukrainians, uh, on behalf of Ukrainians that live in Ukraine, I would like to say thank you. But at the same time, we understand that there is more that can be done. And we want those steps to be done before it's too late. Um, uh, fighter aircrafts, we need them as soon as possible. Every minute, every second of delay in, in receiving those fighter aircrafts means that somebody else's life got, somebody else lost their life. You mentioned a couple of things that are just worth clarifying as well for our listeners. Um, 2014 was when Russia invaded the Crimea. And so um, just important for people to know that because you mentioned it. Um, And then a lot of the ceasefire deals that have um, been or attempted to be brokered in the last few days have failed. They have fallen apart. And that's what you're referring to as well. A lot of um, ceasefire deals to allow civilians to get out of the country, but that has not happened. We've seen civilians being killed in Ukraine. Now, the idea of having a no-fly zone over the country is something that's being really debated right now. A lot of people saying that if the United States were to impose a no-fly zone over Ukraine, that would mean that we were somehow involved in the war, and therefore that could escalate into perhaps even another world war. So a lot of people hesitant to support that idea. What do you say to those folks? To those folks, I I want to say that Ukrainians are putting their lives to protect not just our homeland, but to protect Europe and to protect United States. And if there will be a moment when Putin will kill all the Ukrainians, all the heroes, that fight for people of the United States as well, there will be no one to protect you. People are, are, are thinking that World War III may start. I, for people of Ukraine, it's already started. And uh, we see alliances, we see uh, leadership of European countries and United States, and, and they support Ukraine. And then we see countries that are in alliance with Russian Federation, confrontation is already there, and it's just a matter of time when it will explode. As we asked for sanctions before those massive attacks erupted, and we told that we need sanctions now to prevent this, same way we need United States, we need NATO countries, Uh, to step in and to protect sky over Ukraine. Ukrainians are not afraid of Russian Russian army. Ukrainians are fighting courageously. Um, And my question to NATO countries, are you afraid of Russian Federation of their army? If so, Putin understands your weakness. And he is like animal that tried to taste of blood. He's not gonna be stopped. If you think that you're gonna, you will be able to negotiate with him anything, you you won't succeed in this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing you say is um, the United States has, you know, we've imposed sanctions, but that they came a little bit late. That the Ukrainian people were asking. 
the U.S. and other countries to impose sanctions on Russia as we saw that escalation along the Ukrainian border. This has been happening. Not only were Russian troops stationed surrounding Ukraine and in Crimea for years now, but we were seeing that slow escalation in the last few months. And the Ukrainian people were certainly calling for help, but that did not come soon enough. Is that what your point is? And then the same situation happening now with that no-fly zone? That's that's what we were asking for. We said that uh, we want to prevent war. We don't want to punish uh, Putin regime for war. We want to prevent war. That's what we are saying right now. We want uh, to prevent further escalation. And that's why we need United States and, and NATO countries to close Skype because there will be further escalation. I've heard from... Um just people reporting in Ukraine and in the surrounding countries from Ukrainians saying, we knew that Putin wanted to invade Ukraine. We've heard that rhetoric from him. He's even made the claim that all Ukrainians are Russians in reality and has wanted to come into Ukraine, but we never believed that this day would actually come. Do you feel that same way as you're watching those images? Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there was uh, there was information coming that wall, war will start and 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 certain dates were given. We knew that he wanted to invade Ukraine. We we I I personally knew that, but I saw that he's chess player. I saw that there is some type of pragmatism in his and, and logic in his actions. But he proved me so wrong. I knew that he, he, he doesn't care about lives of Ukrainians. I, I, I knew that he doesn't care about lives of Russian people that are going to die and are dying every day in Ukraine uh, in this senseless war that he started just because he's been driven by his ego. And um, I knew all of that, but I thought that maybe there is, there is maybe, maybe I, I hope that he would understand all the impact that it will make on him personally and on people in his circle. Um, but he proved that his ego is more important than anything else. Um, his um, possession, he, he's possessed by idea of reclaiming um, all the countries that were formerly part of Soviet Union under his rule. And that's not his ultimate goal. His ultimate goal is world dominance. And he, uh, he showed himself that he doesn't care about any consequences. He gonna thread the whole world with nuclear attack. And that almost happened in Zaporizhia, in Enerhodar uh, a few days ago. Uh, so uh, hopes were there. We didn't want to believe in this. And I think that every normal person every normal person uh, didn't want to believe in this. Yeah. The, uh, every normal person wanted 
and and had this that hope that he will back off maybe he will pressure ukraine he will constantly um, keep us under stress of war um, to be started uh, full-blown because we believe that war started and, and war in reality war started in 2014 but um, escalation like we have right now that he will he will keep us keep us under stress that it may start any day but we hope that it will not start Right, not get to this point, because it seems like also on top of just going into Ukraine and starting an invasion, it almost, I mean, at this point, it seems Russia's strategy is to really break the will of the Ukrainian people. Well, I, I think he realized right now that um, he is not going to win in this war. So uh, what what in my opinion, was what his strategy is, if I can't get it, nobody will have it. And he wants to kill, he wants to destroy, and um, just to leave ruins, uh, in Ukraine in ruins. Um, he doesn't care about uh, people of Ukraine. He doesn't care, as I said, about his own people. Uh, he just uh, one uh, evil man. What do you think about President Zelensky's actions? And he is currently in Kyiv. He has said that he's not going to leave. What do you think of his actions? I think he's a hero. And um, uh, Ukrainians uh, all over the world uh, respect him and support him. Uh, we pray for him. And uh, we are very inspired by uh, how courageous he is. And uh, we uh, appreciate his, his leadership and, and we know that together, united, uh, we will win in this war. I do want to ask you, um, you said that you have no peace of mind right now, that you and your family may be physically okay right now because you're in the United States, but obviously you're watching everything that is happening overseas. Um, how are you dealing with that? emotionally, mentally, and how are you talking to your children about what's happening? It's hard emotionally, mentally, spiritually, it's very hard. And there are moments when I, um, when I just want, uh, when I just want somebody, a friend of mine to sit near with me, to put his hand on my shoulder and just to pray with me because emotionally and, and spiritually it's very hard at the same moment. I'm not praying for peace in my heart because it's not gonna be okay if people will be dying and um, I will have peace in my heart. That's, 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 I, I, don't, I don't want that for myself. And um, I, uh, it's, it, it's hard, but I appreciate all the prayers and all the support and, and all the text messages and emails and phone calls. And I, I receive many of them. They, they, they do, and I, I do feel them. They do help. I talk to my, my children about, uh, they um, were among first one who um, got to know about this invasion of Russia because um, at the evening when it all started, 
we were packed to go to Florida to Disney World to celebrate my daughter's 13th birthday. And we, when we saw news, uh, we were, we had 30 minutes before uh, we had to leave to the airport and, and we, uh, with my wife and my parents were with us and we said that we're not gonna go anywhere. And then we told our children that we're not going anywhere because it's not the right time to go to Disney World and I won't be able to be there. Um, and I, I, we just can't go there. People are dying. People are being under bomb attacks. Uh, so for, for our kids, first, first they, they uh, were thinking about Disney World, but then we started showing them and telling them what's, what's happening in Ukraine. And they were, they were and are very supportive. Um, there are days when I uh, practically don't see them, but then next morning they'll come, they'll hug, they'll kiss, and they'll they'll say that we are praying for you. And I'm so grateful for them being around and um, being um, in countries that has no war, but at the same time, my heart breaks for those who are in Ukraine. My wife, um, it's very hard on, on her. She's, she's pregnant right now, and uh, she's helping a lot with emails and phone calls because so, so many emails from people and I can't, um, catch up on on reading those emails and responding to many of them. So she's helping me, and uh, kids are doing uh, posters uh, for rallies. Um, we go for, to rallies together. They do presentations at school. They wear uh, Ukrainian um, outfits and. Uh, uh, one of the first questions uh, when uh, this attack started was, we have classmates that are Russians. What should we do now? And uh, that uh, we, my wife and I, we, 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 we us invited them to sit at the table at our uh, dining table and we had conversation about this that we are not um, our fight is not against um, all the Russians our fight is against evil spirit of Putin KGB communism and uh, Nazi that's what that what is driving Putin and that what is driving this war uh, we don't want people of Russia to die in Ukraine, but they're going to die as long as they're going to go there to kill our people because we are protecting ourselves. Um, so for, we asked them um, to, to understand that there are Russians who are being persecuted by Kremlin regime as well. And they are refugees in United States because of their activity in Russia. Um, but there are also Russians who, um, who support Kremlin regime. 
there are Russians who watch um, Russian media in United States and living in United States, having all the blessings of United States, they hate this country. And, and that strikes me in my heart because this is country of my children. My children were born here. And uh, I want to see people of this country. I want to see Americans who appreciate uh, United States and who understand all the blessings that we have here and uh, not hate this country. Uh, so uh, there are different groups of, of people um, within Russian community. We had prayer for Ukraine and uh, a group of Russians, uh, they just wanted to join this prayer for Ukraine and uh, they want to join us in rallies and we appreciate that and we stand together against evil regime of Putin. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share or anything that you just want people to be aware of as the fighting continues in Ukraine, ways that people here locally can help or just be in tune with the Ukrainian community? We have a really large Ukrainian community here in Washington state. I think it's the fifth largest in the country. So um, anything that people can do and be aware of. Uh, so uh, please keep praying for Ukraine, for our army. Uh, they are very courageous, but that uh, uh, mental, spiritual, physical burden, they, they have to carry it and they need support and they need, they need prayers. Uh, when you go to stores, check all the products where they are made. If they're, if they're made in Russia, please stop buying them because your money will go to sponsor Putin regime to kill people. If you are ordering products on Amazon, don't buy products made in Russia. Send requests to, if you are working uh, for corporations that operate in Russia, that uh, do any kind of business with Russia, start asking questions, what are we doing to stop this war? If um, uh, you can start calling your elected officials and ask them what can else be done to help Ukraine. We pretty soon, we're gonna, um, Washington state will see a wave of refugees uh, from Ukraine. And already uh, we, our office gets a lot of phone calls from people that are saying that we want to open our doors and we want to welcome those refugees. Thank you so much for your open hearts and for standing together with Ukraine. Uh, when we will have uh, the you know, people coming from Poland and Germany and, and Romania and Moldova and uh, uh, as refugees to United States, we're gonna post information about it at our honorary consulate of Ukraine in Seattle, a Facebook page, so people can know and people can help. Those refugees will need support uh, through our, our relationships with Airbnb. Um, we can uh, submit their um, their information so Airbnb can 
issue vouchers for refugees to stay in Poland and in Germany, but many of them don't have anybody, uh, no family, no friends in those countries. But at the same time, they have somebody who they know, who they trust in the United States. And after all the stress, after all the, everything they saw, um, after all the traumas that they've been through, uh, it's, it's so important for them to be around people they know, to be around people that they that can hug them, that can um, cry with them, that they that can pray with them. It's it's crucial. So I hope that uh, uh, United States very soon will open doors to accept refugees from Ukraine and help those uh, people um, spiritually and mentally and uh, here in United States. Uh, if you will see, if you see somebody from, from Ukraine, um, please tell them that you're, you're with us, that you are praying for Ukraine. That may be that it's, it's, it may seem not much for, for people who live in the United States, but that's um, such a wonderful support and gives us strength to keep moving and to keep fighting. So uh, uh, please uh, keep standing with us. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing some of your thoughts and obviously my thoughts with you and the entire Ukrainian community. Um, thanks for being a part of this today. Thank you, Jessica. You've been listening to the Mindful Headlines podcast. There's a link to the Facebook page for the Honorary Consulate of Ukraine. Valeri told me their webpage had been hacked, so for now, just a link to Facebook. I also encourage you to keep up with the war in Ukraine through a variety of news sites, and you can always go to king5.com for the latest headlines, especially local efforts in western Washington. I'm Jessica Janner Castro. Thanks for listening this week.